0: Thank you for listening to this message from Life in the Sun Christian Fellowship. We hope you 'll be inspired to honor God and make disciples so we 're in this series called the Apostles Creed in the past few weeks we've been we 've been going through this, and how many of you know what the Apostles' Creed is? Yeah By this week, maybe most of you should know if if not, maybe you grew up with it or something like that. Uh, Pastor Eric spoke last week from uh, Life in the Sun, Saipan. He came and spoke last week, and he had a really great uh, picture. Well, actually, he had two pictures for what the Apostles' Creed is, which I figured, you know, no better option. I'll just use that. That's really good. And one of of the images that he says is the Apostles' Creed is like the moon, right? At nights, it's really bright, and it's all pretty, and it shines and stuff. But by itself, the moon has no light. It doesn't give off any light. All it does is it takes light from the sun. The sun reflects off the moon onto the earth, and in the same way, the Apostles' Creed is—it's is, um, biblical. You know, it's something that is—it it gives life. It is—it is positive, but it's not scripture. It just reflects off of what scripture says, and it's a reflection of what the Bible says. And in the same way, he said it's—it's uh, it's like a mirror. If I had a mirror right here, and I was standing, and the mirror was facing me. You could look into the mirror, and you could see me, and you could see the details of who I was, but that's not me. It's just a reflection of me, and in the same way, the Apostles' Creed is a reflection of Scripture. It shows what it is that we believe. It's a declaration of, you know, this is, I believe this, I believe this, I believe this, and it's a declaration of what it is throughout Scripture that we take to the core, what it is that as Christians, we firmly believe. And so that's what the Apostles' Creed is. And so before we get into the topic for today, we're just going to read through the Apostles' Creed. If you can put up that, yeah. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to hell. So before we begin, let's, let's do this quick little exercise before we introduce the topic for today, alright? So you're going to need your hands for this, alright? So everyone put your hands up like this. Can you touch all your fingers to your thumb, you know? Alright, cool. So you're going to lock your fingers like this, alright? And then close it like that. <clears throat> so maybe if, you, maybe if you grew up in church or you had Christian parents, your, your parents might have taught you this or something like that. But I'm going to walk you guys through this, okay? So just follow my fingers if you can see them, and if you can't follow the person next to you, just... Work on it. All right. So here's the church. Here's the steeple. Open the doors. See all the people. Oh wow, that's so cool. Oh my gosh, it's like my fingers are little people. You, you guys, you guys see that? Yeah. <laughs> so, my dad taught me that, and as I was, um, as I was going through my, my message yesterday, my grandma came by, and she's like, "Oh, Andy, I thought your father that and I was like, "Oh grandma actually that 's my grandma there. Someone say hi to her uh, um, my family 's really blessed to have had her uh, her and my grandfather um, came to know Christ, and then from there, they taught my dad, and my dad taught me and and in turn. You know, it's just it's i'm i'm super blessed to have had a a grandmother who did know jesus Um, and and not only that she taught her children who jesus was Um, and that's one of the ways that she taught about the church about who jesus was that here's the church Here's the steeple open the doors and see all the people. Yeah And so that's kind of what we're going to be talking about today You guessed it hand signs (laughs) Ha 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 no if no one laughs at that. It's okay. We're talking about the church today And if you open your Bibles to Matthew 16, verse 16 to 19, we'll kind of go on our our topic verse. Simon Peter replied, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah bar Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter... And on this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and earth, or of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. So the topic for the day is this church, this church that apparently the very gates of hell will not prevail against. So to fully understand the church, we need to ask two questions, two simple questions. The first one: What is the church? Pretty, pretty simple, you know. That seems to make sense. And then the second question that we need to ask to fully understand the church is: What's the purpose of the church? So we're going to tackle this first question because, of course, you know, first things first, and we'll get to that second one later. But what is the church? What is church? What is it? The Bible's got a couple, maybe if you've read through the Bible, it's got a couple different pictures of what the church is, um, and a couple different images and such. Um, Maybe you've heard that the church is the bride of Christ. Or, Or maybe you've heard that the church is the body of Christ. And you know, as a body has different functions, so do different people in the church have different functions in the church. And these are good images. These are biblical images of what the church is, but it's more on what the church is function is, kind of more details of the church. We're kind of asking a broad picture of what is the very church. And there's some mindsets that people have of what the church is, some uh, less than biblical mindsets. Maybe one of them, maybe you've had this, I've had this at some point, but maybe you've had some of these mindsets that the church is a, a building, that it's, it's a building that, you know, churchgoers meet at, Christians go to, and, you know, it looks like this, and there's a big cross at the top, and, you know, that's where God's spirit is, and, you know, I come there every Sunday because it gives me something to do. Maybe that's, that's an image of, of, of church that you've heard, that it's just a building, you know, the church building. Or maybe you've heard the image of uh, that church, or maybe you've heard, had this mindset, that church is, a, is, a, is an event, it's an event that happens every Sunday afternoon or evening or morning or maybe Wednesdays depending on and you know a bunch of people get together and they worship God and it gives you something to do so you don't nap throughout Sunday and and all that. So church is this event that meets in this church building or whatever. And maybe that's kind of a mindset you've heard of what the church is. That is absolutely not what the church is. So what is the church? If you have your Bibles again, open to Acts 2, verse 46 to 47. And it says, And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people and the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. That is what the church is. The church it isn't emphasized of where they met. They met in the temple. They met in their homes. It's like, hey, after this, let's all go to Pastor Mark's house and break bread. Or we'll go to uh, Van's house and shave our heads or something together. You know, the church's emphasis isn't on where they met. It's on them meeting. It's on the people. It's on the people coming together. It's that they would meet in in their homes, they'd meet in the temple, they'd meet in here, they'd meet there, they'd meet there. The emphasis of the church was never on the location of where they were. It was on the people of who came and who met. You remember the, the, here's the church, There's a steeple. You know, that's just the building of it. They just met, they just happened to meet here. But what's really important is see all the people. All the people inside, this is what the church is. Let's look at it in a different way the, Since the emphasis of the church is on, on people Specifically Christians, believers uh, Followers of Jesus Meeting together We can look at it in another way The root word of the church The word church The English word church that we get uh, Comes from this Greek word uh, Ekklesia ecclesia, E-K-K-L-E-S-I-A Ekklesia And this is a, a Greek compound word Okay, So it's two words combined into one To, you know and, and the, the first word is ek, E-K-K, and that means out of. And then the second word is kaleos, kaleos, kale, I, I never got the pronunciation, which means to call, K-E-L-E-O-S, and that means to call. And so the Greek word church, ecclesia, comes, uh, the meaning of it is to call out of. And a phenomenal definition of what the church is that I had heard was a group of people called out of the world and called to follow Christ is that the church itself is just a group of people who have left the way they used to live, who have left the sin of the past, and have chosen to follow Christ. They've chosen to follow after this, this guy who died for their sins. And so we meet together, and that is what the church is. The church is us. The church is the people who have followed Christ, who are following Christ. And so since the emphasis is on people, it's, it's important, and not only is it important, it's really beautiful that the Apostles' Creed uses the word Catholic in there. Now, before anybody gets the wrong idea, we aren't the Roman Catholic Church. We don't um, pray, to, pray to the Mary or saints or, or have confession to priests or pray the rosary or things like that. If you want more information as to why we're different from them, bother Pastor Mark, because half of my job is giving him more work. <laughs> so we're not the Roman Catholic Church, but we are a Catholic Church. Huh? How does that work out? Let's see. That word Catholic. If you if you remember in the Apostles' Creed, it says, "I believe in the Holy Catholic Church." That word Catholic comes from a Greek word, "katholikos," k a t h. Pretty much the same, except with k's and an o s at the end, "katholikos." And this word has been around for a long time. And what it means is it's universal. It's all embracing. It means. Including of all Christians. So, why is this word so important? Why is it so beautiful that the Apostles' Creed uses this word? And the answer is in Revelation 7 9. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there with me and we'll read it together. Cool. After this, I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes, and peoples and languages standing before the throne and before the Lamb clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands. The reason that it's so important and and so beautiful is that God's heart is that every nation, every tribe, every language, every people come together. God's heart is that no matter what race, no matter what language, what background, what economic status, no matter if you're rich or if you're poor, no matter if you're black or white, if you are a male or a female, God's heart is that you be welcomed into this church to follow his son. This, Actually, this, this church, is this, this, this group of, of, of believers gathered together is a perfect example. How many of you speak the language of the person next to you? Well, yeah. <laughs> okay. Let me rephrase that. How many of you don't speak the language that a person next to you speaks? How many of you are multilingual? How many of you understand most, multiple languages? That's an image of the church. How many of you are the same race as the person next to you? Okay. Let me rephrase that. How many people are a different race from the person next to you? There we go. I'm going to work on this. We'll get it. We'll get it by the end of, the, by the end of Sunday. <laughs> How many of you are from a different background than the person next to you? Yeah, we all come from different islands, different nations. We speak different languages. We have different skin tones. We're different people. And this is God's heart is that all people can come together and to worship him, to worship his son. And so that's what's so important about using that word Catholic is that it's all-inclusive, it's all-embracing, is that no matter what type of person you are, you can come and follow His Son with us. And what's, what's really cool is, not only is the church Catholic over geography, over, you know, personalities and whatnot, the church is Catholic over time, it's universal over time. That that same church that Peter, Paul, John, and George, and Ringo, just kidding, not those two, those are Beatles, you got that joke good but the same church that had peter and paul and and john and james and 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 uh other huge biblical heroes is the same church that we're in now it's universal over time that same church that we're in now is the same church in a thousand years this church is universal over all of time to the beginning and the end because it's god's church God, the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. It's His church, and because of that, it's universal over time. So now we've answered that first question of what is the church? We we get it? We're all on the same page here. The church is a group of believers gathered together, right? We're all on the same page? We're okay with that? Cool. So we're going to the second question: is what is the purpose of the church? What's our goal? What is it that we are here for? Why do we meet together? Why do we even have a church? And this is where we get a little more application. This is where we get a little more details as to why we're here. And there's three main purposes of why we meet as a church, why we have a church, why we come and join the church. And the first is to worship. If you turn your Bibles to John 4, verse 23... It says, But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father is seeking such people to worship him. We gather here on Sundays, and specifically Sundays, because we wanted to set aside a time when all the church members can come together and can worship God. God. The worship service, this Sunday morning service, is so that believers can come together and to worship Him and to lift His name higher. We serve such a great God, He literally created the earth. And not only that, He is still with us and He still gives us favor every day. And because of that, we gather together and we come together and join Him and we worship Him and lift His name higher. That is why we come together on Sunday mornings, is that we can worship together with the church. It's not we come to church on Sunday mornings. It's the church comes on Sunday mornings to worship Christ. And so that's kind of the first reason why we have a church. Is, is That's actually the first and main reason is to worship God, to worship Him. The second is for fellowship. What does that mean? What does that look like? That means we're walking with each other. If you remember, I said we're called out of We're called out of the world to follow Christ. That means as we're following him, we're walking on this path, right? Just to paint another picture, we're walking on this path. How much easier is it to walk with somebody else than to walk by yourself? We're called to follow Jesus and to follow him together, to follow him with other believers. The reason that we have a church, the reason that the church exists, the reason that it's a bunch of believers gathered together is so that we can follow Jesus together so that we don't have to be alone on this walk to to get to know him more. If you have your Bibles, turn to Ecclesiastes 4 and 9 to 10. And that says, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fail, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone for when he falls and has not another to lift him up. He has not a lot. uh, He doesn't have another to lift him up. I was, um... I was doing one-to-one with one of our students, and uh, as we were talking, we came on this, uh, this section of the church. Actually, he's sitting right here, Ro. He actually just finished one-to-one. Good for you, Ro. Man. Whoo. There's this beautiful image that is used is that, you know, it's like hot coals. Ever, have you ever, like, touched a hot coal or even seen a hot coal if you maybe barbecue with coal as opposed to gas or whatever? You've seen a hot coal, and you know how hot it can get. But if you take one coal and take it out and set it by itself, it's going to stay hot for a while, right? But eventually it'll, it'll cool down and it'll, it'll become easy to, easier to touch. But if you put another coal next to it, they share the warmth. They keep each other warm. If you put a hundred coals, hot coals next to each other, you might even get a pretty sizable fire that sounds kind of dangerous. Don't do that at home, kids. But no, this is, this is something is that... We are like hot coals, and the reason that we come together in fellowship together is to keep that fire hot, to keep that—strengthen us, to keep that warmth, to keep on following Christ. If you get to know me, you'll realize something. I absolutely hate cheesy, cliche Christianisms. If you don't know what cheesy, cliche Christianisms are, they're basically things that, you know, Christians say, and it's like, oh, man, you go, and, and stuff like that. Well, not that necessarily— I'll give you an example because it goes so perfectly with this. And so for me to say this, you know it actually has some merit and you know it's important. It's that we're better together. <laughs> if, you, if you see my notes, I actually drew a little throwing up face because as cheesy as that is, it's so true though, is that we are better together, is that we walk with each other because we're better together. It's, it's better to walk with somebody than to walk alone it's that we're these hot coals and as we're together, we burn brighter together. As we're together, we burn hotter together. We are better together. And um, maybe you've heard this that, uh, you, you've, heard, you've heard it that like, oh, I, I like, um, I'm a Christian and stuff, but I don't believe in the church and I don't believe in organized religion and stuff. Maybe you've heard that. I've heard that quite a bit, quite often. Um, especially among students. There's a lot of students who believe that, that, you know, I'm a Christian and I follow Jesus, but I don't believe in organized religion or anything like that. Well, it says in Hebrews 10, to 25, I don't, is it? Do we have that? We have that? Oh, cool. It's not in my notes. It's okay. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love, and uh, to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more you see the day drawing near. The Bible directly says, don't neglect meeting up with other Christians. Don't neglect fellowshipping with other Christians. Don't neglect being able to walk with other Christians. If it says not to neglect it, what should we not do? Ooh, I got one answer. I got two. Pastor Mark, we're on the same page. It's all right. We shouldn't neglect it. We shouldn't neglect fellowshipping with others. This is something that's so important. And that's why we have the church. And so we come to worship, right? The first, the first purpose of the church, we come together to worship. And that's, you know, we do that here usually. You can do that at your home. You can do that wherever. But, you know, this is kind of the, the, the main one that people think about when they think about church is they think about coming together and worshiping God on Sundays. The second reason is fellowship, And that happens after service, that happens before service, that happens in your home, that happens with your neighbors, that happens with your coworkers, that happens with your friends, with everyone. This fellowshipping happens everywhere you are. No matter who, no matter where you are, as long as you're with believers and fellowshipping together, that is where it happens. And then the third purpose of, of why the church exists, the third reason why we exist, the third job that we have while we're here, we have to worship God fellowship with others and to disciple. We are here for discipleship. The focus of the church, yes, we should fellowship together, yes, we we should come together and we should enjoy each other's company and we should worship God together. We should also be looking outward. We should be looking outside of the church to be able to invite others to come and walk with us. That if we're enjoying this life, if we truly accept that Jesus had died for our sins and taken that away so that we can be with him, we should be excited and looking forward to sharing this with others. We should be looking forward to being able to allow others to come and walk with us, to allow others to experience the same joy, the same love, the same fellowship that we have, to be able with others to, to, to allow others to come and join us and to worship God with us. If you open your Bibles to Matthew 28, verse 19 to 20. This was Jesus' last command before he rose, ascended into heaven. As you remember in the Apostles' Creed, it says he ascended into heaven, right? And is seated at the right hand of God. That might be a scripture. I think that's... We'll get on. You can search it on your own. Matthew 28, 19 to 20. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations... Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I'm with you to the end of the age. This was Jesus' literal last commandment. And how many know if it's the last thing somebody says to you? It's probably pretty important. This is what He command, commanded us to do, And not just to make disciples, I'm going to bring the word "Catholic" back in back in. Make disciples of all nations. Make disciples universally. Don't exclude making disciples because somebody looks different than you. Don't exclude making disciples because somebody might act a little different than you or come from a different background than you or or anything like that. We are called to make disciples of all nations. And that might look like reaching out to somebody who's different than you. Literally, almost everyone on this island is different than me. I highly doubt there's a Canadian-Filipino here. If there is, we have a niche. It's okay. But what does that look like? That maybe looks like reaching out to a coworker or sharing the gospel with a neighbor or talking to your friends about Jesus. Or maybe in a little more practical sense, that means taking a young believer through one-to-one or even somebody who doesn't know Jesus taking them through one-to-one. Taking somebody through this discipleship process that we have or helping somebody follow Christ. This is one of the jobs that we have is that, you know, we're we're supposed to worship God, yes. We're supposed to fellowship together, yes. That's super important. Barbecue culture. Barbecue is life. We're supposed to, but we're also supposed to invite others to come join us for discipleship. We're supposed to disciple others. And so I'd like to invite the the worship team to come up. We'll just have a, a short message today. But this is something that God has clearly intended us to be. And that is what the church is. In summary, the church is a group of people who come and gather together, who come and join each other, who worship God together. The church is a group of people who are called to follow Christ. And not only that, the church is a group of people who are called to follow Christ, to worship God, to fellowship with each other, and to make disciples of all nations. That is what the church is.